Hello and welcome to the UK Personal Finance Show with Phil Anderson, the podcast designed to give you all the financial advice you'll ever need. This is episode 32. And in the previous 31, well, we've covered it. Just trust me on that. A huge list of material, but in general terms, we've done it. So if you have a financial query, first place to look is probably our back catalogue. Search the UK Personal Finance Show with Phil Anderson on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts and you'll find us there. An enormous resource, all available for free. But one, the world is always changing and with it, financial queries. And two, there's so much to cover within the financial world. We keep going back and looking at another aspect every week. In a moment, a quick guide on powers of attorney. Please stick around if that's something that's relevant to you. And as I say, find our previous shows after listening to this one, have a binge on what you need. While you're there, if you could rate and review us, for instance, maybe you could tell us what we need to address to, to help you out, which financial query you've got, and subscribe. And then that way, we might do an episode on it when we record next time. I'm John Ellis, and with me as always, the star of the show. Here's Phil Anderson. Hi, Phil. Hi, John. How are you? Good, thank you. Know, a quick guide on powers of attorney. I always think of, of attorney being, you know, a very American term. Petrocelli, attorney at law. Sure, my age there. But what are powers of attorney exactly? A power of attorney is a, a legal document that lets you give one or more than one person the, the power to make decisions and manage. It could be for, for your money, your property. It can also be for your, your health and welfare as well. As long as somebody's over the age of 18, they, they can set one up at any time. As long as they've got mental capacity to, to do that. So as long as you're able to, to weigh up information and, and make decisions yourself, you're in a position where you can make a power of attorney. It's a document that can help with temporary situations. I remember once seeing somebody that was an, an offshore worker give somebody uh, a power of attorney for them to sign. I think it was for a, a house he was buying when, while he was away. He couldn't physically be here to, to sign the documents. So, so it can also be something to help in a, a temporary situation as well so that could also be things like if somebody's in hospital i mentioned they are being abroad and it can help with everyday tasks such as just paying bills as well it can also be a, a something for longer term situations for example you maybe want to plan for the unexpected if somebody's been diagnosed with dementia they would then maybe eventually lose the, the mental capacity to make their own decisions in the future so they, they would likely think right we'll get somebody in place well, they are still capable of doing that to, to be able to look after their affairs in the, the long term. Yeah, yeah. You see, that's uh, that's where we are with my my mother-in-law. My wife has her power of attorney, and I apparently have my mum's. I, I kind of remember it happening, just not where I've got the documents. It'll be it'll be in that drawer somewhere. Mum, if you're listening, go and find out for me. Time isn't anybody's friend. All joking aside, Phil, and we'll come on to this later. It may seem like a a, a kind of morbid thing to do. You, you might want to put it off. But if you don't have a power of attorney, it can make things very difficult legally if you fall ill, for instance, and you're able to make decisions yourself. We'll come on to that soon, like I say. But first, there are different kinds of uh, power of attorney, aren't there? There is. There's a few different ones. You've got what's called a continuing power of attorney. That's um, an ongoing arrangement that's got no expiry date. So that allows the person or people that you, you pick to make decisions about property and finance on your behalf. It can be used either while you're still capable of making those decisions yourself or after you've lost ca capacity. The next one is what's called a, a welfare power of attorney. It's an ongoing arrangement with no expiry date as well. It'll allow for the, the person or, or people you pick to make decisions about your health and welfare on your behalf. 
it can only be used once you became incapable of making those decisions yourself. So that's one slight difference with a, a continuing power of attorney. The, and another one is you can get a combined power of attorney. So that's one that combine, combines both the, the continuing power of attorney and also the welfare one. So that covers decisions about all the, the different things there. Um, and then you do also get, it, it's something that's referred to as a general or ordinary power of attorney. This is when you only need help on a temporary basis. So it's it's only valid as long as you've got mental capacity. And this is when you give authorization to someone else to act on your behalf. So you're called the grantor, and the attorney is the person that you choose to act on your behalf. And this can be anybody with mental capacity. In Scotland, it's over the age of 16. I think down south, it's over the age of 18. Um, and it could be a wife, a husband, civil partner, partner, friend, family member, um, or you could even have a, um, a professional, like a, a solicitor or accountant doing that. See, here's, here's the thing. I, I'm just, you're saying in Scotland at 16, the idea of giving all of my finances, not that they amount to much, or the, you know, the, the house to my boy to look after when I can't even leave him in the house because I'm frightened to set fire himself. <laughs> um, how does a, a power of attorney work in, in practical terms then, Phil? Usually you, or, or in most occasions, it'll be a solicitor, would draw up the document and it gives all the details of who you want to act on your behalf. That document is then registered with the Office of the Public Guardian in Scotland. They, yeah, you keep the documents safe. Probably you're in good capacity. You keep making the decisions in the normal way that you, you usually would. But if and when your attorney is needed to act on your behalf, at that point, they have to give a certified copy of that document to, for example, a bank or any organisation that they're, they're dealing with at that time. And that's to prove that they're legally authorised to act on, on your behalf. Wasn't there until you mentioned about someone acting for you on a temporary basis, for instance, if you're at the country and then I sort of uh, realise, you know, the likes of people who maybe work abroad in the oil industry or whatever, it could represent them. But I think probably still most commonly it's used with elderly and younger members of the family, perhaps acting on, on their behalf. So basically, what can I be at peace about if, it, if it's my if it's my granting of a power of attorney? What can I be at peace about if it's necessary for it to be used? If it's a, a continuing power of attorney, th this gives the person you choose the power to manage your property or your, your financial affairs. So this might be, for example, managing your bills in a bank account or even selling your house. I, I've seen it maybe where maybe somebody's gone into a home. So if they've got the power of attorney, that, that would allow them to, to sell the property on their behalf. They, they could also then manage the, the proceeds of that sale. A welfare power of attorney gives the person you choose the power to take decisions about your personal and health care. So that, again, some examples of this might be deciding where you live or what medical treatment and personal care you receive. And usually in later life, but not always um, the, the case there. I mean, I, I have heard of people that like quite fairly young kind of age that's had maybe dementia and those sort of things. So it, it is always something I, I recommend to people to think about at quite a, an early stage. When you're thinking about which powers to, to give someone, I mean, you do, you have to think about it in the, both the short term and longer term. And this will make sure your attorneys have enough powers to, to make the decisions on your behalf. Yeah, I'm bringing to mind a, a specific case. I think it made the news in England recently where a woman wanted to take her mum out of a care home so the mum could go back to, uh, to this lady's home to end her days there. And the care home said, no, you're not doing that. 
Uh, and the care home was in the right because they'd been granted what I assume would be the welfare power of attorney. Therefore, they had the control uh, of their patients' health affairs. I imagine it's very rare, but technically that, that sort of thing could happen, couldn't it? I know, it, it can happen. And that, that's why it's also important, I always feel, not just to, to have something in place, but to re- be reviewing it regularly. That, that's just a great example of, of why someone should do that. Yeah, I mentioned earlier as well, and, and you brought it up yourself, there are some who may consider this to be a, a morbid thing, and you, you put it off, but you should probably set up a power of attorney as soon as possible, shouldn't you? I, I would say so. I mean, I, I always think that the sooner the better. And to be honest, I'm, I'm guilty of it myself. I mean, you always think, oh, I'm young enough that this is not going to be a, a problem, but it's a lot harder and more expensive for somebody to help you with your money, property and welfare, if you've already lost mental capacity, at that point they need to get what's called a, a guardianship. And that's why it's really important to get everything set up in advance. I mean, life, life can be uncertain at times. I mean, you just never know what's around the corner. I mean, an, an accident can happen at any time. Strokes can happen at, at kind of any age. And it is a, that's why I would say it's good to get things set up. I mean, it, it usually takes a few weeks Usually to get things done, you, you've got to register it, as I mentioned there, with the, the Office of Public Guardian in, in Scotland, um, and that can take time as well. So I, I would say you don't want to leave it to the, the last minute. It is good to, to get this higher up your agenda of to-do list, and, and it is something I would encourage people to, to look at more as a, a part of priority if they don't have one in place. Okay, I will give out the email details that you can use if you want to get in touch with the Office of the Public Guardian in Scotland. We'll do it just now and I'll do it again at the end of the show. Yeah, perfect. Um, it's, uh, it's opg at scotscourts.gov.uk. That's opg at scotscourts.gov.uk. Uh, or you can call them on 01324 678 300. That's 01324 678 300. And like I say... I'll try and remember at any rate to give you those details again before the end of the show. So if you miss it there, get something handy to take them down and I'll let you know when they're coming up. Next question, Phil, who should you pick to be your power of attorney? I, I would say you're wanting to choose someone that you completely trust. That that would be one of the main things. Um, you really need to trust whoever you're going to choose as they're going to be making some pretty serious decisions for you at some point, possibly at some point. Most people tend to choose close family members or friends can also choose a company. Um, so some people in the past used to, to maybe get a bank manager, for example, to do it. You, you tend to find if you're doing that, like they, there may be additional costs because they may charge you or charge for, for doing that. Mm. It, it's important to know you, you can't choose an actual company. It's got to be an individual, but usually what companies will do is they, they'll name an individual within that company. And then they often have like a, a substitute in, lined up so, for example, a solicitor I know, he, he was power of attorney for a lot of people, but unfortunately he died. So usually then it would go to somebody, they, they've got a substitute within that firm. So they, they would usually tend to, to do that. But you also got to make sure that someone's willing to act for you as well. So it's important to discuss things with them. And also, I, I always think it's great to communicate and say to them, right, it's an, it can be an awkward discussion at times, but it's good to speak to them about what's involved and, and also maybe tell them some of your wishes as well so that they know how you would maybe want to be cared for in the future or where you would want things to, to go to. So I, I think that's also an, an important thing as well. I, I would also consider the age of someone. I mean, if, if you're choosing someone that's quite a lot older than you, then they, they might be incapacitated before you are. So, so that's quite an important thing as well. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, they, they might not end up being the best person to act because they, they might end up with, with their own health issues. So mm-hmm. there's quite a few things to, to take into account there. That idea there that you're talking about presumably covers the idea of, like, say, an elderly couple where maybe they've been each other's power of attorney at a younger age. I suspect it's something that goes in wills, you know, that, that maybe you, you grant power of attorney to the other when you're, when you're younger. But as they both get older, they, they maybe have to consider their, their children to take on that role. I suppose it also brings up the issue of how many powers of attorney you can have and, and what the pros and cons are for, for choosing more than, than one person. So what's the pros, first of all, Phil? I, I would say... The, the pros are that you don't have to leave people out of the process. You can choose more than, than one person. So that, that kind of spreads the, the work. So that, that's maybe a reason to have a couple of people doing it. Cons are that they, they may disagree on what action to take. So you, you could have two people that have different views on, on things. Um, also, another thing might be the location. I mean, if you've got a couple of people and they, they're in different locations. I, I've seen it before. I had one chat that I dealt with up in Thurzo. He he had one relative that stayed locally that was a power of attorney. I think his son stayed away. So with, with him, it would be tricky if any documents needed signed by both of them. That's going to be sort of quite hard to do. And I, in fact, I remember we, we were doing an investment for him. They had to kind of authorise that and we had to get all the documents sent away. So it took a little bit more time. We got there in the end. but So that that's a consideration as well. If you've got more than one, they've got to make the decisions together. And again, it means that if one of them was to die, the power of attorney would become invalid unless you've appointed this substitute, which I had mentioned earlier. Mm. Also, if if you've got more than one, they're joint and severally. So so they they make the decisions together and some individually. And again, it means if one of them dies, the power of attorney would still be valid. So that's if you've got that joint and severally on it as well. You can decide to have separate attorneys to manage your finances and property and your health and welfare. So you can have like separate powers of attorney rather than having it all combined. So you might decide you want different people to, to kind of run their affairs on, on each of those, as it was a case of that one, I think, that you mentioned earlier on. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we, we've covered um, the idea of substitute attorneys um, when they might come into play. So uh, let's go into how you would uh, go about setting up a power of attorney, because you said it took a couple of weeks. So what exactly do you have to do? I, I mentioned earlier the, the Office of the Public Guardian in Scotland, but they, they don't actually provide any standardised documents for setting up a power of attorney. You can't, it's something that you could try to do yourself, but I am always a, a great advocate and sort of taking professional advice and getting an expert to do it. So I, I generally would tend to recommend people speaking to a solicitor to, to get one set up. I know there would be a cost for, for that, but sometimes you try to do something yourself and it can be a bigger cost because you can make a, a bucket of it. If, if you decide to write it yourself, um, you've got to make sure you follow the guidelines on the Office of Public Guardian Scotland website. If you decide to use a solicitor, you, you can also search for one that specialises in this area of law. I know in Scotland, if you go on the Law Society of Scotland website, you would be able to find one on, on there. For me, I, I would recommend people speaking to a solicitor about this. One of the things that you may have to do as part of the process as well, you've got to prove that you're mentally capable. So sometimes you've got to to get something from a, a registered UK medical practitioner. You, you'll find some will writers will also do powers of attorney as well. Yeah, there, there's quite a few different people might be able to, to help you out with, with setting that up. Okay. Is it expensive to do, Phil? I mean, the, the solicitor's fees 
probably would cost two or three hundred pounds. I mean, you, you'll get if it was something a bit more complicated, it could cost more than that. I, I would even say to the solicitor, look, how much is this going to, to cost? If a GP has to do a, an independent mental capacity assessment, then there's going to be charges for, for that as well. And you've also got the, the cost of registering it. At the moment, I think it's £81 is the, the cost to, to register it with the, the public guardian. And are there any um, like exemptions? So for instance, if you're on benefits or anything like that, do, do they reduce the application fee process? If, if you're on certain means-tested benefits, such as income support, then setting up a power of attorney is usually free. There's an exemption for, for that. Okay. All the rules about who qualifies for any exemptions, um, that's listed on the Office of Public Guardian Scotland website as well. Now, you mentioned this earlier as well, and I just want to bring you back to it. Um, the, the difference between a power of attorney and I think it was guardianship, you said. Yeah, they, they both fulfil the same function where it allows one person to act on behalf of another to look after their financial and or welfare matters. The, the big difference is that a power of attorney can only be granted from an individual who can understand and explain their wishes, whereas a guardianship applies when a person doesn't have the capacity to make decisions on their own behalf. A guardianship is applied for through the courts, so you've got additional expenses for, for that. And also it can take up to six months for that to be granted as well, whereas a power of attorney can be drawn up by a solicitor and done relatively quickly. A guardianship also is for usually for a, a fixed period of time, unless there was a good reason why it should be for longer, whereas a power of attorney will usually stay in force unless it's revoked by the, the person. I have seen it in the past where people haven't done a power of attorney, they've had to get a guardianship, and it can be a lot more costly. And, and also it's a lot more restrictive in what the the, the attorney or the, the person looking after your affairs can do as well. So it is definitely better to, to try and get things put in place before it gets too late. Whenever I read about things like powers of attorney or I hear about things like powers of attorney, I always conjure up in my mind sort of the cast in the beginning of a whodunit movie where everyone's turned up to, and that's more to do with the will, I know. But it strikes me that if there is a, a sort of mental incapacity from the moment someone comes up with the power of attorney, that there might be the ability for things to go wrong with this. Is there a way that you're, you're protected from things going wrong? There is. I mean, the, the attorney's got to support you to make your own decisions if, if you can, but they've also got to make all the decisions in your best interests. They've also got to consider your wishes and, and feelings. Um, if they don't do these things, they can get referred to the Office of Public Guardian in Scotland. So they, there is slight kind of protection in, in place for you there. If, if you want your power of attorney to begin in the event of your incapacity, you can include what's called an incapacity statement. So this would state exactly how you want your incapacity to be determined and who should do this. It makes it clear that your wishes, what your wishes are, um, so they can be followed as well. Another slightly uncomfortable one, um, but I wouldn't do it unless it was necessary. Let's say, for instance, I pick a power of attorney quite young um, and it's my wife and then I get divorced. So I decide, well, I don't want her being in charge of what happens to, to things. Um, can you cancel a power of attorney if you change your mind uh, on who should be doing it? You, you can, as long as you've still got mental capacity, um, you can cancel a power of attorney at any time. There's also instructions for that 
for cancelling them. Um, that's on the, the Office of the Public Guardian Scotland website as well. And is it ever too late to set up a power of attorney, Phil? Yeah, if, if someone no longer has the capacity to make their own decisions, that's when you need to apply to the Sheriff Court and they'll either grant what's called an intervention order and that enables someone else to make a one-off decision for them or you've got this guardianship order that, that I mentioned earlier as well and that enables someone to make the decisions for a, a set amount of time. And that, uh, that's really the crux of why we're saying address this now, not later, isn't it? Is no, no one's got the right to act on your behalf without your legal authority. And that means your family or friends may have to go to court to get permission to make decisions for you. Which is just something that's costly and, and not just in terms yeah. of monetary uh, terms either. So um, what are our key takeaways from this one then, Phil? Don't delay. Make a power of attorney today. <laughs> uh, no, each week, week <laughs> yeah, it could be, yeah, it's a, two, it's a twofer. Um, each week, so far as we've been covering various topics, Phil's sort of given us a look back over his own life story and how it's been affected by some of the subjects we've been discussing. Powers of attorney, Phil, what do you have on that? I've seen it at my work before where people have been incapacitated and not had them and it can cause an awful lot of issues. I know personally I need to get my stuff up to date. I, I need to go back and revisit my well land power of attorney. It is the sort of thing that you, you kind of, like for me, for example, I, I split up with, with my ex-partner. So I think she's still on a lot of the stuff. So not, not only is it important to, to make one, but it is also important to, to update it as well. Uh, Phil, we, we always do this bit as well. I know you find inspiration through various folk that you admire and you love a quote. Have you got one that fits our subject matter for this episode? <laughs> Other than the one you just tried out there. Uh, this one comes from somebody called Bonnie Jewell. I did actually look her up to see if I could find anything on it, but there was very little. But the, the quote this week, make sure you have a will, medical power of attorney, and possibly a trust. Well, there you go. Now, uh, Phil's really keen on trying to help you with your financial queries. If you want to email a question to us, please do. And as always, we can ask them anonymously if you wish. Let's get on to this week. Contact details coming up. I'll give it to you after these, and I'll try to remember to go back and get the email address for the Office of the Public Guardian in Scotland as well. Uh, our first question today comes from Alison Inaboyne, who wants to know, given the fact she has power of attorney for her dad financially, uh, is there anything that she should be doing to, to make his money work harder, like um, working with his pensions or ISAs, anything like that? What I would say is a lot will depend on things like his age, his health, what plans there are for the money. So if that money was, for example, to pay for, for care costs, then you probably wouldn't take much risks with it. If his health wasn't good, you wouldn't have then maybe been looking at investing it into something for the longer term. So there's probably quite a lot of factors there. I've mentioned it in previous shows as well, but also depends on things like financial advisors call it your attitude to risk and capacity for loss. So that, that has a big impact on where someone would recommend you you put any money. I, I would say in that situation, probably a good one to, to sit down with a financial advisor and have a review of everything and, and see what they suggest. Uh, next is Colin from Keith. He's just been paid off from his job, which is sad to hear, Colin. Uh, but he's got some money to invest. Now, he wants to know if now is the right time to do it. He can hold off for a while if that's got any financial advantage. And also, what sort of thing will offer him the best return? Now, you'll like this, Phil. He's not... I repeat, he is not risk-averse. So throw those dice, Phil. What do you say? At, at the moment, the, the interest rates for having your money in cash deposits at the bank is, is really low. Um, so if someone is willing to take some risks, there, there's plenty of things out there that they, they can do. The, the one thing I would say, if anybody's making any investments, they've got to view it as a longer-term 
thing. I mean, you, you get some people that'll speculate and try to, to go into things hoping they'll go up and down quite quickly. But if you are looking to invest money, it's definitely better try to do that as a, a longer term thing. But I, I would say any time's a good time to, to be looking at it. I mean, I know if it's a stock market related investment, I, I, the best time is to go in is when things are lower and then you, you get more of an upturn. But that, that's the, the million dollar question, is it? Nobody knows when markets have hit like the bottom point or, or the low points and the high points. So there's a like an old saying, it's not about timing the markets, it's time in it. So so I would say any time's a good time to be, be looking at investing. Okay. What you say is, well, before you get in touch with the question, you might want to take a look at our back catalogue because we've covered a lot of topics there and we might have touched on something that you are interested in. I'm John Ellis. Thank you for joining us today for the UK Personal Finance Show with Phil Anderson. Now, if you feel you need a helping hand with anything we've been talking about or anything else of a monetary matter, find Phil for finance. Search Phil Anderson Financial Services online or on the Facebook page of the show, search Personal Finance with Phil Anderson. That's Personal Finance with Phil Anderson on Facebook. Uh, Phil's on Twitter, LinkedIn as well, or why not email Phil a question that he can answer on a future show? His address is phil at philandersonfinancial.co.uk. That's phil at philandersonfinancial.co.uk. You can send him your question. And like I say, Phil could be answering it in an upcoming podcast. And please remember, we don't have to use your real name if that's what you prefer. Now, we mentioned uh, the Office of the Public Guardian of Scotland earlier on today's show. If you want to get in touch with them, you can do that via email. Their address is opg at scotscourts.gov.uk. That's opg at scotscourts.gov.uk. Or you can call them and speak to them on 01324 678 300. That's 01324 678 300. Remember, if you found our show today useful, please rate and recommend us and please subscribe at Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. That way you can get us every week with the info you want when you need it. You'll get all the links you need on Phil's social media. Good luck with your money. Phil's doing his best to help make that cash go further. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Thanks, John.